Hey guys, on today's show, have you ever wondered when is the right time to start calling yourself an agency? It can be a bit awkward early on, so Clay and I coach our call-in guest Austin through the right timing for his business. Plus, Austin has lots of other questions as he grows his company, which is only about six months old at this point. Thanks for joining us. Here we go. I'm Preston. And I'm Clay. And this is Freelance to Founders. Clay and I have both been there, barely making ends meet as a freelancer, knowing there has to be more. But since then, we've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. And now it's your turn. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory of my journey. I'm not sure I would even be thinking about pushing this forward as much as I am if it weren't YouTube. This has been really helpful and I, I think a good mindset shift for me. Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action immediately. Discovering that I'm a founder instead of a freelancer has been amazing for me. If you're ready to push past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. You can call in yourself by visiting freelance2founder.com. We can't wait to chat with you. We'll be back with today's caller after this. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co and joining me on the air today is my good friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey Clay. What's up man? How you doing? I'm doing good man. The The sun is shining and uh, I don't know. I'm just good. It's, it's a good day. What are you up to? Ready to podcast man. <laughs> we'll ready boy to go Austin. for it. Got nothing else on the brain, just ready to jump into the podcast. We're joined uh, by our new friend, Austin, who so flattered he is, he is taking time out from his vacation to jump on this call with us today. He's from Alabama, but uh, vacationing on the beaches of Florida right now and, and literally snuck away up to a hotel room 
so that he could have this call with us. So that, that means a lot, man. We really welcome you to the show, Austin. Yeah, thanks for having me. It, it makes my vacation even better, joining in on the call. So, <laughs> Well, good. We certainly hope so. We'll see by the end of the call how you feel about it, if you'd rather be on the beach or chatting with us. But um, let's <laughs> let's start the show off here. You can tell the listeners and tell me and Clay a little bit more about your business. Uh, what do you do? Sure. Yeah. So um, I started a software development freelance company in January. Um, I have about four years of professional software um, engineering slash development experience working for various companies full-time. Still am full-time just doing the freelance stuff on the side. So um, um, pretty much I do custom software development for local businesses as of right now. So um, I've worked on CRM systems, custom Mm. CRM systems, inventory management software, um, and most recently, I, j- I just landed my first, what I'd call, I think what you guys call big ticket client, where it's actually a decent amount of money, um, you know, more than you would get on Fiverr or Upwork when you're just starting out like myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm getting, um, it's really picking up now. So I thought I'd, fi- I feel like a real freelancer now that I have a big client. So I thought I'd sign up for the show and uh, get some more advice on how to keep the business growing. Yeah, what's up? good, man. What- What's up? Congratulations, by the way. Uh, I'm just curious because I'm not as familiar with software development world, but like, what's a what's considered a big ticket item in that world? So, like, price wise, or yeah, 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 dollar wise, project size. Um, I guess it depends on how much you're making before you do freelance. So, I would say I have a. I'm, just I'm give me a, a range. Decision. Yeah, uh, I would say at least for me, starting off, like. Five to um, twenty thousand. Oh, nice. So this okay. is kind of in the middle there. Cool. Um, I'm able to hire a contractor to help me with it, so it's not just going to be all me, which is nice. Yeah. So nice. I was just curious. I mean, I didn't know. Yeah, I mean that's killer. Like you're so time of recording. It's the very first part of June. You said you started in January. You know, you're five six months into this thing, and, and you're landing a client that's between ten and twenty thousand dollars. Like that's, I mean, that's no small thing. Congratulations. That's that's awesome. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. I've, I've, um, I just got done with um, a few clients off of Upwork, and it just it wasn't a good experience for me. And uh, I've done some free websites, WordPress websites, which I absolutely hated, <laughs> just to try to get uh, thinking if I could get my foot in the door of them, do a free website, and then maybe that'll lead into uh, a software project for them. But uh, I quickly found out that people who will take on a free website definitely don't have the money to pay for a big software yeah. project. So I kind of abandoned that. But. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, really interesting, right? Because as you're getting started, it's like, well, do I just take on everything and sort of build a portfolio? Am I more selective? It sounds like it sounds like you're going about it, right? Sort of maybe doing a few free things here or there or, or lower price things to maybe build a portfolio and a reputation. But I love that you're quickly getting out of that, right? You're quickly saying like, how do I get a big ticket client? You're probably thinking, this is great. How do I get more of these kinds of big ticket clients? So it feels like you're early, quite early in the process. You know, it's still a side thing, but yeah, but you're definitely heading in the right direction is what it feels like to me. So, Yeah, I'm definitely trying to slowly grow it. I don't want to quit my full-time job in six months type thing. My, yeah. my goal is uh, by the age of 30, they'll quit my full-time and I'm coming on 28 at the end of the year. So there you go. I've got plenty of time. I love that. I was I was building my side hustle when I was 28. <laughs> I had been doing that for, I don't know, five, six years already. And um, told myself I would take it full time when I turned 30. And then I chickened out. And then at 31, I got laid off and <laughs> took the business full time. So mm-hmm. it's good, man. It's good. I think it's, I, good. it's a good goal. I think I got laid off at 31. I think it was 31 or 32. Nice. Two. Yeah. So there you go. It's a good, it's a good time of life. Um, I love what you said, too, about like feeling like it's, it's starting to take off. You feel like a real freelancer. You called in. This is a good place for me to plug for other listeners. If you've listened to the show, you know, Austin said he's listened like clear back in the catalog, almost all the episodes. Um, you know, if, if you've been listening but not joining us, we need you to come on the show. We can't do this show format without awesome participants like Austin or like you listening right now. We need you to join the show so that we can chat about your freelance business and other people can learn from your experience as well. So just visit freelance2founder.com. You scroll to the bottom of the page, super easy. You fill out this little questionnaire and uh, we we have you on the show. We chat about your business. We're going to give Austin the chance to plug his business here in a minute. Um, We're going to just chat about some of the hurdles he's facing. But Austin, anything else that we should know or the listeners should know about your business, generally speaking, like 
you know, you mentioned you work with you work with small businesses as clients. Is there like a certain niche you work within or um, anything like that? Any, anything more we should know contextually? Yeah, that's definitely one of the things I haven't really decided on uh, a niche or niche, however you want to say it. Um, you know, because the what everyone says, the riches are in the niches. And so I haven't really decided on what what I want to do with that, but definitely want to find a niche by the end of the year. I'd love to. But as of right now, I'm just kind of doing what most freelancers do when they start off taking any job they get and just kind of going from there. I think the niche thing will come. You'll find it. We've talked about this on the show before, right, Clay? It's like if you try to force it too soon, it doesn't really work. But at some point, it'll start to click. You're like, oh, I really like working with these kinds of clients in this particular industry. They pay me well. They're easy to work with. And it'll just start to click. It'll just take some experimentation. So good, man. Well, let's chat then about the questionnaire you filled out. You you said that you were um, currently at a one. You'd like to be at a four. So for listeners, if you're not familiar with it, if this is by chance your first time here, first of all, welcome. Thanks for listening. And every time we have a guest come on, like I mentioned before, they fill out this questionnaire. And one of the questions is on a scale of one to 10, one being a freelancer, 10 being a founder, where would you currently rate yourself? And you put that you're at a one, Austin, but you'd like to be at a four. Tell us maybe what a four looks like. If you could project a year from now, what's what's ideal scenario for your business? Yeah. So um, I put a one. I completely beginner started six months ago. I only have one, what I would say, real client. So definitely a one in that regard. A four to me would would look like um, like a steady stream of clients. Um, and, and I'm doing this part-time. Um, so I've, I've really only got 15 mm-hmm. to 20 hours a week to spend on this. And I just had a kid uh, about a year ago. I know, Clay, you can... Congratulations. How, yeah, how busy congrats. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so I, I don't have a ton of time to, to actually work on it. So um, like one new client a month would be great for me. Either that or start to build some recurring revenue, um, which that's one of the questions I'll have later um, whenever we get into like pricing models. I've got a few questions on that. But um, either having a good amount of uh, recurring revenue or, you know, one or two clients every, you know, one or two months, that, that would be a, a four for me. So. Hmm. Love it. Are you, um, are you thinking so? So when you're at a four, maybe a year from now, you're thinking it's still a side hustle, right? It's still a, a side business? Yeah, it, it would have to just completely outperform what I what I could imagine for me to, to quit my full time. It's yeah, it, it would take a little time for me to, to get up to what I'm currently making. Um, and so that's why I, I mentioned earlier, I, I want to slowly grow the business. I don't mm-hmm. want to just explode and then just lose all momentum. And after I quit my job, have nothing. So yeah, I definitely want to take my time with it. Yeah, especially where you've got a family that's relying on you. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, a good way to think about it. Okay, so so maybe what are some of the biggest hurdles that you're facing then? Like, what's what's stopping you from getting to that ideal four scenario? What you know, what's what do you foresee standing in your way over the next year, and how can we help? Sure, yeah, I, I would say probably my biggest hurdle um, is marketing. Um, I'm an engineer through and through. I'm not creative whatsoever, um, and so marketing has never been something that's interested me at all. Never looked into it, know nothing about it. And so this year I've been, uh, you know, dabbling here and there with it, but not spending a ton of time on it. And so n- now that I've, I've taken on my first big project, um, I've, I've taken on a contractor to help me. Um, he's got some, 
skills that'll really help with this project, um, skills that I don't have. So that's great. Um, and so I, I'm, I feel like I'm almost already starting it, the, the agency model, or at least trying to. Um, and if I can get, you know, more projects in the future that are as big as this one, you know, still have contractors underneath me. And so one of my biggest questions I have for you guys is, should I go ahead and start marketing myself as an agency opposed to a freelancer? Because mm. my website is currently more so just like, hey, I'm Austin. I'm a freelancer. This is what I've done. This is my experience. Email me, that type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, that's my biggest question. Should I go ahead and start marketing as an agency or just kind of stick to freelancing um, until I uh, either get a lot more clients or you know, build a better reputation. Yeah. Clay, what do you think? Agency. <laughs> I figured you guys would say that. I just yeah. wanted to All right. Let me give you some context. I got to say more words because this is what my wife tells me I got to do. Um, <laughs> I, we, just, we just had a conversation this morning and I, she asked a question. I gave her like a one word answer. She's like, I need more. <laughs> Um, All right. Agency. The reason is because uh, a couple of reasons. One is um, you are bringing on somebody to help with you with this project, right? Whether it's a contractor or employee, doesn't matter as long if you have somebody helping you, Um, your team, your team. So it's not like you're lying to people. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just from a marketing credibility perspective, I think I think people are more, I think you attract much higher level clients if you're an agency versus a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Unless, the only exception is if your clients are other agencies. That's the only exception. Mm, yeah, that's yeah, a good point. I, yeah, I, I think I'd really like to target local businesses, really. Not like more, mm. maybe not mom and pop shots, uh, mom and pop shops can talk, <laughs> but like, you know, small to medium sized businesses. I, I really like, um, the face to face, you know, sealing mm-hmm. a deal with a handshake. Yeah. Um, then agency is the way stuff, to go. So, yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's like, I, I think you should market yourself as what you'd like to be over the next year or two, as opposed to what you currently are. Um, not in a dishonest way, just, just as a, like, here's what we can offer. Right. Instead of, instead of, marketing yourself or advertising here's what we have offered in the past you you market yourself as here's what we can offer you now and in the future and to me it sounds like now and in the future you'll be an agency right you've got already got one other person you're subcontracting to hopefully that grows uh hopefully you can work with more people more clients so yeah feels feels to me i'm i'm i agree i think uh i think agency makes a lot of sense um, yeah. and like Clay said, it, it'll attract those bigger clients that you're looking for. I will, I will say this when I switched from freelancer to agency marketing, as far as marketing myself. So uh, my first year as a, as a, uh, being self-employed as a freelancer, I made $99,100 <laughs> first, first year. I was really, I don't know why so I was really, ticked. I know I was like, damn, <laughs> I'm ticked off for you. Yeah. Um, which don't get me wrong. Like, I made a good living in $99,000. Like that's a good living anywhere. Um, but the second year I decided to market myself as a freelance or as an agency. And I jumped up to 300,000 in revenue. Wow. So Big jump. yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying that was the single 
biggest factor. Uh, I think it was a, I think it was a, I think it was a big influence though. So I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I don't I've, know if I've had a similar to experience too. I've mm-hmm. had a similar experience where it's like, once you start saying we and like, let me connect you with my teammate. And it's just like all those little things, they really add up. And, and mm-hmm. what they add up to in my experience is that trust factor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when the trust factor is up there, then you get clients that are a bit more discerning who care about the trust factor. And that often comes with then a willingness to pay a little bit more or to work with you longer term. Um, and then obviously that impacts the bottom line of the business. Okay. Yeah. I will definitely start to go down that route. Uh, a question related to that is um, since I'm going to be switching to this agency marketing model, I'm going to have to redo my website. And so now that I do have a little, a little bit of cash flow coming in, um, I could hire someone to do a website, you know, pretty decent website, or I could, you know, just take it on myself with WordPress off the template. But I'm not sure if that's really the best use of my time at this point. I don't know if I could, if it's just better to pay someone in, in all that time it um, would take me to build a website. I could, you know, be getting more clients, be working on this, um, on projects. Um, but I, my current website, I uh, it's a WordPress site and I had a free website for someone that was WordPress. And I was just, even with a template, like you still have to have some creative ability mm-hmm. and it was just kind of miserable for me <laughs> took a lot longer than it should have um so i, I just want to know um, what your guys thoughts on that would be so your current website uh scale of one to ten how much do you like it uh for what it is um probably like an eight uh, okay i bought a pretty nice template i like it okay and scale of one to ten how well does it tend to convert like someone visits your website, you know, they reach out to you or even become a client or whatever. Like, do you feel like it does a decent job on that scale of one to 10? Um, typically I'll be talking to someone and send them to my website. So it's not like an organic Google search or mm-hmm. anything, Yeah, but I've had, um, positive response from it. Like, uh, I do have a marketing friend and she really likes the website. So that kind of gave me a little bit of confidence boost yeah. with it, but it, it would be really hard to convert it to, um, kind of like an agency website just because it, it's tailored just to freelancers, really. It's got a portfolio section and experience and all this other stuff. So, what's the website? Uh, I, I, yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> what is the website? Uh, it is amsoftware.tech. I thought that was a pretty cool domain. So, while we're, while we're pulling that up, I, I'm thinking, I mean, we're, we're going to look at it here live on the air. This will be fun. But <sighs> my initial gut from what you've told me is like, just keep it, repurpose it. You, you might have to get a new domain depending on if you change to like an agency name or whatever. But um, like everywhere where it says your name, you can just change it to the agency name. I mean, agencies also want to show off their portfolio and their experience and their services and all, all those things, right? So I don't think actually a freelancer's website is probably that different from uh, uh, an agency's website. Um, it'll take some adjusting, but I would think for the amount of time it would take to start from scratch... I, it would make more sense, I think, for your time and and money and whatever to to just use what you've got. But we're looking at it now live, right? You got it, Clay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm man? just glad the viewers can't see it. <laughs> well, they're gonna see it. They're gonna they're go gonna to amsoftware.tech and oh, follow they're, gonna, they're gonna look this shit up while they're listening, man. <laughs> Edit it out. Edit it out. <laughs> no, no. Everyone, everyone, go look at the website, please. Are you changing your name? 
I, what do you guys think about the name? I like, I mean, it's my initials, but it doesn't have like um, that personal name brand, like AM software. Yeah, it's totally fine. I mean, the, the, yeah, I was going to say, all you have to do is just, is just change the words and say, instead of, hi, I'm Austin Markham. You could, I mean, honestly, you can keep that there, but you can say, instead of what I do, you can say what we do. And and just do that. Like that would take you no time to do. It's good enough for now. You're gonna want to revamp this later, but it's good enough for now. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I just make it work until you know it's useful to do in the future. Um. Okay. Well, I guess we can move on to I guess more marketing slash lead generation. Probably where most of my questions are. So, um, some of the strategies I've seen are. Blog posts, um, obviously kind of boosting SEO, um, lead magnets, like creating some some free stuff for people to download, get their email address, all that stuff. Um, like Facebook ads or just or Google ads, um, stuff like that. But what do you think at this point would be the best strategy to start? Um, like I, I'm also down to do a marketing class as well. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I know nothing about marketing, so that could be beneficial. But what's the best use of my time at this point, you guys think? Or in-person networking events. I've I've had a little success with that, but I feel like I was just targeting the wrong people. And I gave them quotes, and they're like, whoa. Can I ask you a question real quick? Sure. Uh, what kind of software are they – like what, what's a typical product that they buy? Okay. Yeah, that's I can kind of explain what the project I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah, what I'm doing now. So um, it's the project I'm working on now is for a local shooting target manufacturer. So they print out all the targets and sell them to shooting ranges all across the U.S. Um, And so they, for all of their print jobs, they keep track of it with um, by these paper forms and have to like organize it for. schedule the different batches and make sure they're in the correct order and keep track of all this stuff and um, everything that goes along with that. And so what I'm doing is I'm coming in and creating an application that they can um, run on a computer and it, they'll be able to enter in all the information that they um, would on the form, be able to track. So is it a, um, is it a web app or is it uh, like, like software that goes right on their computer? Yeah. So it's, We'll call it a desktop app. It, there's, okay. we're kind of doing a, a weird strategy, but I won't get into the, the okay. technical aspects of it. But yeah, yeah, give us, it, it'll yeah, be give us the that, clay, the clay talking to his wife kind of answer here. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this Application. is so you really do more like desktop apps. Is that mostly what your clients hire you for, or what you hope they hire you for? No, so th- we'll call this a web app. It's what it really is, but okay. we're going to kind of make it into a desktop app. Okay, um, but you'd like, like to really sell web apps. Website. Oh yeah, that's where all my experience is. But what kind of web app? Um, so, so most of the experience I have so far is just creating like I wouldn't even know how to explain it. Kind of like internal tools for companies. Okay. So not really like customer facing applications. But first um, of all, you got to learn how to explain this to people. <laughs> like stra- I'm not even joking. I mean, no, it's, it's funny, true. but I'm not joking. Um, you got to learn how to explain this this shit to people in very layman's terms in about 30 seconds. That's actually the core of all your marketing. So you ask about yeah. what marketing methods should I use or whatever. Before we can even get into that, 
I am totally on board with this. You have to be able to say, you know, I create X for Y kind of people, right? And that's it has to be so clear to anyone you talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So web apps are definitely the route I want to go for sure. It's where, like I said, all my experience is at, and it's, um, yeah, all my skills are there. So it's it, at this point, it's just who do I market to? What's my target audience? All so do that. you mostly and, build web apps that like help clients manage their data? Uh, yes. Yeah, that, that's okay. the majority of okay. what I'm doing. So like right now, I'm. Well, I won't get into the technical so, details. So I'm, but, a, but I'm, so I'm a store owner <laughs> and I maybe have like a bunch of SKUs and I don't, I can't find a good system to keep track of them all. And so you build me a simple web-based app that I can pull up on my iPad when I'm in my warehouse and catalog all of my different SKUs or something like that. Yeah. Or even yeah, have a okay. uh, plug up a barcode scanner and do it yeah, that yeah, way as well. Exactly. I've done something similar to that mm. actually. So okay. yeah, would, would, would retail I, I find trouble with this. Uh, explaining what I do to people because like I said, I've never really worked on any customer facing yeah. um, applications besides the freelance stuff I'm doing now. And so when people ask like, what are you working on at work? I'm like, ah, it's hard to explain. It's like internal tooling and uh, yeah. web apps. So, and yeah, then but so what many Clay, people but what Clay says is, is exactly where you need to focus first, which is like, how do I clearly say what the agency does? Our, at our agency, we provide X, which is like a value, right? Some sort of value to why which is clients so we build we build you know um easy to use web apps for businesses who are overwhelmed with their inventory or something right i'm totally making it up but like something really simple like that using words that people not in the tech industry can understand super super important okay yeah i like that um yeah, I actually really like that a lot. I, I was actually considering after I took on this client, you know, maybe there are other companies that could benefit from kind of like some software that would uh, like digitize their forms, be able to track all that stuff online, opposed to keeping track of, you know, paper and, and uh, all the stuff that goes along with that. So, yeah. Clay, is there somewhere particular you were headed with that or you just wanted to find some clarity around his offering? Um, I mostly wanted to find, I mean, I initially started by trying to find clarity as far as like who you sell to, but yeah. it, it it unveiled the fact that you need to work on your 30 second pitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> your messaging. Yeah, In yeah. fact, there's, there's a couple of really good episodes. If you haven't had a chance to listen to them yet, you ought to go back and listen to there's one that's all about messaging. I'm going to, I'm going to find it here while I talk. It's um, called clarity matters. I've actually listened to that one quite a few times. <laughs> he's like, yeah. telling, he's telling me my own <laughs> catalog. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys can tell, I'm a bit of a, a fan of the podcast. But. I love it, man. Oh, my gosh. that Yes. Um, there's one called Clear Messaging More Clients. Um, or maybe we change the title. It's, you know, we update those sometimes. So maybe that's the same episode because it sounds very similar. There's also another one um, that talks about, man, who are we talking with? I'm trying to remember his name. He asked us what marketing channels are the best, right? And we we talked about this Venn diagram of like, marketing strategies you enjoy that you're good at and that bring in work and mm. where those three things overlap is where you should focus your time and otherwise you should hire someone who's either more passionate or more skilled than you are in that particular marketing channel so that would be worth a listen to um 
if you're asking like, you know, which, which specific should I go to networking events? Should I be on social media? Should I whatever? Like that would be a really good episode to listen to as well. So we'll be sure to link both of those for the listeners. And um, it sounds like you probably already have them, but I'll, I'll make sure you have them as well, <laughs> Austin. Um, but I guess let's, let's, let's make sure we get back to your questions here. So, so, um, so yes, I, I love what Clay uncovered here. It's like, you, you have to get some clarity on your messaging there. Um, yeah. So, so aside from like messaging and maybe the using the right channels or, or which, which marketing channels, like what other marketing questions are you sort of struggling with or, or wrestling with right now? Um, I've really considered um, creating a blog, to be honest, just to, I'm not sure if it would help me figure out how to niche down um, or maybe some type of lead magnet. So it's ever since I took on this, this new client, I'm going to refer to him a lot. It's my only client. So <laughs> sorry if you get tired That's of great. me talking about it. Um, but yeah, like, like, like I mentioned, like it's pretty much just digitizing their paper forms and creating a better way to keep track of all that. Um, and, and so I was thinking maybe I, you know, create a blog post about that and all the benefits that, um, you know, that, that could have for local businesses or, you know, businesses in general, and then focus on SEO, try to get that out there. Yeah. You know, use tools like a, or what is it? Ahref. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I, uh, I use chat GTP quite a lot. Yeah. I actually have a whole lead magnet already created from that. So I'm, I'm considering right. doing cool. that as well, but I, I know nothing about SEO and I know WordPress has a ton of tools for that. Um, but I just didn't know if that was like the best use of my time or if I should, really target the local networking events because like I guess I've, I've, I've had people interested, but they just didn't know enough about what custom software could do for them. And then when, the, when I found a problem and after talking about a problem that they had, and Oh, I have the solution, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Oh, I didn't know it'd cost that much. And in my head, I'm like, I'm really not asking for that much. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's, here's a question I've had written down in front of me as we've been talking and, and maybe this is a good time to ask it. So you're wondering like, where should I spend my time? And I just keep hearing over and over again, you know, should I focus on a lead magnet on a blog on networking events? Where should I focus? Where did you find this client you keep referring to over and over again that you clearly are, are excited to have excited to work with? It seems like a good client. Like, am I right in guessing that if you could find, you know, three to five of these kinds of clients a month, you'd just be like on cloud nine. Yeah. I mean, this guy is yeah. super cool guy, like amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, how actually, you, so how did you find him? Yeah, it was a word of mouth referral. So I, I kept, um, you know, when you start any business, you want to share on Facebook and all your social media. Hey, I'm starting a business. If you know of anyone that would benefit from the, the services that I offer, reach out to me. And so I, I kept making Facebook posts. Uh, and then with each post, I would kind of, I'd clarify a little bit more and a little bit more, but it sounds like I still need to work on that. Um, and then all of a sudden, one of my friends I went to high school with reached out to me and said, Hey, I think we could um, benefit from the stuff you offered and or that you offer. And I, I went in, we talked about, you know, their problem. I said, yeah, I can definitely do this. So you know, about a week later, we closed the deal and hired a contractor and I'm excited. Okay. It's fun. Cool. So, so word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth, yeah. And, and that's it's. I, I've you guys talk about it a lot. Everyone who comes on, it's it's great, but it's extremely unpredictable. So I don't yeah. know if I, I know if like uh, creating social media pages for this would not be the wisest. That's why I didn't even bring that up. I feel like um, that just wouldn't be beneficial for who I'm trying to target. At least that's my perspective. I know 
Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. They have a different perspective on that. So you, you <laughs> so you, so you, you think the social media pages wouldn't be beneficial, but it sounds like you got this client because of social media. Yeah, yeah, just sharing with my network of friends. Uh-huh. But I guess I'm more so talking about like creating a social media page specifically for the company. Okay, and and maybe that would help if I had a better target audience. Maybe. Um, and I've, I've tried what? Facebook groups and I, I just haven't had any success there. Why, why do you, why do you think, I'm just curious of your line of thinking here. Why do you think social media, not creating social media pages or sorry, why do you think social media would not be beneficial for your business? I, I think it's just because I don't know my target audience. So I wouldn't know how to mm-hmm. form posts. And mm-hmm. like I said, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to take a shotgun approach at this point and maybe that would help a social media page i i wouldn't i really wouldn't know but i just maybe i'm just totally wrong about that and i should give it a go so your messaging affects all marketing platforms not just social media so even if you were to just even if you were to if we were talking about traditional stuff tv radio magazines that kind of stuff your messaging would affect those too. So it's not, it's not the social, it's not the fact that it's social media. It's like, if what you're saying is, I don't know my messaging or my audience, like that's, that's going to affect no matter what. In-person networking, even word of mouth, Uh, right? People, people have to be able to also talk about your business in a succinct way. And if you can't tell Mm -hmm. them, they certainly aren't going to be able to tell someone else. Okay. Yeah. yeah I to, guess I never really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to think about every single marketing platform out there or, or meet, I should say medium. Um, they're all the same as far as the fact that that's just a channel of how you get your message out there. Even if it's net, even if it's in-person networking, I mean, the difference is, is you are a singular person who can talk to a single person at any given time. But it's still the same way. It's like you're you're talking to a person about what you do. Social media is the same as far as like getting your message out there. So yeah, your messaging and your target audiences, you know, that 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 can affect anything, any any medium. Yeah. I was gonna say that about the target audience as well. So, you know, we I think we've made it really clear that your messaging needs to to be really tightened up. It needs to be really succinct and powerful and explain what you do and be be um, intriguing to people, right? So so really, really need to work on that. Um, you know, just really quickly to, to be able to work on that, you're going to want to look up things like copywriting, right? Copywriting mm-hmm. advice or marketing messaging. Use those kinds of words in your searches and you'll learn a lot. Um, but I, I think one thing that I'm noticing as, as we're talking is it just keeps coming up over and over in my mind is that you, you're not really, I'm not really sure you know who your people are yet. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's pretty common early on. I, I don't necessarily fault you for that. I think, I think that could be really tough. It's similar to finding a niche, right? It's like, who, who are the people you want to talk to? But I think at some point, even, I mean, you can change your niche later. You can even change this, your target audience later. Right. But you, you have to, at some point say, these are my people and, and these are the people that I want to go after. I want to go after, you know, medium-sized businesses in my local area. 
or whatever, or, or I want to go after medium sized businesses who work in this industry or whatever. And, and that'll, that'll change and it'll adjust. And, and you'll realize like, Oh, that's not a big enough pool for new clients or, or whatever. But, but without that, right. You don't know which networking events to go to. You don't know which Facebook groups to join. You don't know who to run ads to. You don't know who is going to most likely bring like a word of mouth referral back with, without knowing who you're talking to, you can't really do marketing. You can blast a message out there to kind of everyone, but, but that's when it'll fall flat. And it sounds like it has so far is it's like, well, I joined a few Facebook groups and it didn't really work. Or I started a social media page and it didn't really pan out. And it's like, well, if, if you don't know who you're talking to, then those people don't know that you're talking to them, right? And they don't know to <laughs> to follow along or to join the group or like you have to make it explicitly clear, this is what I offer and and you are my people. I want to offer this to you. Um, so I don't I don't know if, I mean, do you have an idea of who that might be as, as I'm talking, like who your people might be or, or is that going to take some work outside of the, the podcast, do you think? I'm thinking it's probably going to take some work outside the podcast, but um, after I started working with this client, I, yeah, I'm thinking maybe I target local manufacturers. You know, I feel like there, people are still moving to the digital age, and I feel like possibly there could be um, other companies that struggle with the same problems that this one is with you know still keeping up with paper forms. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's something I try to look into. See if he knows anyone. Uh, any other manufacturers or, um, you know, just do a Google search, local manufacturers mm-hmm. in the area, mm-hmm. something like that. So, um, and uh, th- I guess I didn't mention this earlier. Um, I, I originally, when I first started, I wanted to niche down immediately. And so um, I, I tried to go to, to the, the gym business, like local gyms. Um, I've, I, uh, I, I, my wife made to get mad that I'm going to say this, but uh, years ago, many years ago, I, I dated a, a girl who whose parents owned gyms, and so I, I was around gyms a whole lot in high school. Worked out all the time. Worked at a gym. Worked out all through all through college. Um, and so I was, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, that's one industry that I, I'd say I know pretty well. And so started calling up local gyms and said, hey, you know, maybe I could develop a mobile app for you, and it can do this, this, and this. You know, look at Planet Fitness's app. It it does all this stuff and this could be a way for you to compete with them, you know, cause they're coming in and, you know, taking a whole bunch of um, potential customers for those gyms. And everyone I reached out to it's, I don't know if they just couldn't afford it or weren't interested, but, um, or they just weren't big enough gyms where it would benefit them. And so I kind of just said, Oh, that's a bust. You know, I'm going to just move to more general, a more general yeah. audience. And yeah. And, and so let me, let me tell you who, um, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but um, no, go ahead. Let me tell you what I would do if I were you, if I were sitting in your shoes. I would focus both on long-term and short-term strategies. So what I mean by long-term, I mean blogging, um, social media, content, things like that. And and just like when it comes to blogging and social media, like the long-term stuff, you, you can't so and just a few minutes ago you're like i don't know if i should focus on this or that like should i focus on blogging should i focus on in-person networking the fact is you gotta you gotta think about you have to always be doing things that are both short term and long term so 
if and this is where a lot of people make a mistake is they they focus on one or the other. And the short-term stuff is great because it brings in the bucks right now, but it's it's very like transactional. You got to start over every single month kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's kind of exhausting. It's it's very yeah. exhausting. And 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 then other people focus only on long-term and then they get burnt out because the money's not coming in, right? Yeah. Um, but it'll come in in a year or two later, right? So I would do, you need to focus, you need to do a little bit of both. <clears throat> so social media, blogging, yes. This, as far as stuff you need to post, just post the, just post the shit that you're doing. Like, hey, yeah. here's, here, almost like a case study. Hey, here's how I helped this manufacturer uh, collect all this data. And now they're doing all X, Y, and Z. Here's yeah. the result. Solve this interesting um, problem today or... Yeah. yeah. Funny you say that. I actually created a post earlier today doing that exact thing nice, so, yeah. on LinkedIn. That sounds but like don't a new share on Facebook too. Don't get too technical with it because you got to think about your audience. Yeah. Right? Don't yeah. get into the technical stuff. Focus on the Just value talk. that it brought your client, right? Solve mm-hmm. this Solve this insane problem for my client today. They weren't mm-hmm. able to do X, Y, Z, and now they can. Stuff like that. Yeah. Because I, I also see that mistake too, especially with web developers. Um, they, their audience is small business owners, but then they'll blog about technical shit that only web developers would understand. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why the hell are you doing that? Yes, like, yeah. It makes zero sense. Um, so do long-term short-term, um, is just, it's sales, straight up sales. It's not marketing, it's sales. Um, this is going to like, this is basically establishing relationships and shaking a bunch of hands. Now you've mentioned multiple times local. I would actually say, uh, as much as I'm a fan of local, and and try it. You can do the local stuff if like see how that goes. But I would also try things like uh, go to places where your audience would hang out. So here's what I mean by this, and it's not local. I mean go to conferences, events, mm-hmm. things like that. Actually travel to these places. And go to industry events that is not your industry. So here's here's the where I, I see a lot of people do this. They they go and they they travel to these conferences. Do you go to conferences? No, I have I, I have I've been to some some events, but I wouldn't say conferences. Okay, what what type of events are were they? Um, let's see, it's like two years ago I went to like a small technical conference it's all a bunch of okay. developers nothing yeah nothing yeah. like what you're talking about <laughs> okay so you got to think about the purpose of the event that you're going for right if you're going to learn that's fine go to go to a technical event but if you're going to try to get business you go to a manufacturer's conference and here's why this works is because if you go to or or if you go to a conference with a bunch of gym owners right um the reason why this works is because now you are the only developer in the entire group. Mm, I like that. Because I did this. I have I have a shit ton of chiropractors as clients. That's because I went to chiropractic conferences and I was the only web developer that they knew because I went to these conferences. And so that's how you stand out in a very busy world of marketing and sales did you wear your uh 
your developer shirt to that? <laughs> Initially, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that marketing strategy. Yeah, I got to thank Preston, Preston for that. <laughs> I, no, you got to thank David. I mean, I published his article, but it was his tactic. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you'll definitely want to check that out on the Milo blog. Um, if you just search T-shirt, you'll find this really cool story that I won't spoil on the air. We've talked about it enough, but um, definitely a great marketing strategy when if you're going to personal events or, or networking events. Okay, so I have I have another idea to sort of maybe take a suggestion in a different direction. And then if there are any more questions, Austin, we can tackle them. But um, I, I, that story I thought was super interesting about how you went to gym owners and and they just maybe didn't have the cash flow for it or didn't want to do it. Maybe it wasn't a big enough pain point or whatever. I'm I'm sort of picturing a scenario where what if you took on we're going with the short term long term idea, but with your product offering, right? And what if you what if you took on some short term projects to kind of keep the bills going, keep the business growing, keep the lights on in a sense, right? But in the meantime, what if you um, what if you found one client like this manufacturing client and you solved a problem for them and and you kept the technology proprietary to your company? So like let's say you solve this problem for your client and instead of handing over the app, you give them access to the app for 50 bucks a month or whatever. They use it. It's a software as a service. And then you can go to another manufacturer and say, we solved this problem for such and such company. And um, and since we've already developed the tech, we want to give you access to it too, right? And it, it starts to become this software as a service model. But really all you would need is like is like five to 10 clients on, on each thing that you build. You would just need to find five or 10 clients that need that thing. You don't have to find like millions of users like a normal SaaS company would need to. And then those clients each pay you a hundred dollars a month or whatever for that particular project that you worked on, and and then over time you can start to accumulate a few more clients here or there that need, have the same problem that needs solving. Like I, I don't see a reason to rebuild an app for every client, right? If you build it once, yeah. you could you could potentially use that technology, and then and then they all mm-hmm. get the benefit of updates and upgrades as you solve a problem for one client. It's solved for all your clients, and it's very SaaS model. But um, but I think on a smaller scale, because then what you could do is like, okay, and now I have 10 manufacturing clients and I have this product that we update regularly for them. But I did find some gym owners who wanted something similar. So we sort of tweaked it. And now it's like, here's the thing we built for gym owners and we have five or 10 of them going and they're all paying, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month maybe. And, and they get this really great solution, um, very tailored to their needs they don't have to go in and figure out all this tech. You kind of all set it all up for them. And it feels very much like they've come in and gotten a project on, you know, for their own company, but you're really, you're really using the technology, sort of spreading it wider and, and, and building a customer base that way. If, if I were able to build web apps, like I feel like I would go that direction because then you also work in the recurring revenue piece, um, the long-term sustainability piece in terms of the financial piece of the business. I think there's a lot of upside there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that idea. Uh, kind of um, keep going on what you're talking about with the subscription model. The great thing about web apps is, you know, it's um, it costs a lot more to host a web app than it does for a website. Um, and so that already has monthly associated fees, you know, depending on the amount of users, yeah. amount of data you're storing, blah, blah, all the technical stuff. You know, it can cost like a minimum of, you know, close to 100 bucks just for that. And so then I would probably tack on like a management fee few hundred bucks you know let's say 500 a, a month yeah to use this 
service like like you're talking Mm -hmm. about. I really like that. Yeah, I think there's some natural ways you could work that in. And people are used to paying, again, because of the, you know, tons of SaaS options out there. They're used to paying. But now it's like, oh, I can pay, you know, a thousand bucks a month for this solution that someone built for someone else or built for the masses. And I have to figure out how it works and yada, yada. Or I can have this thing that Austin basically built for me or built for someone in my shoes and and it has just what I need and not too much. Uh, and and it's maybe, you know, $100 less a month or something. I, I just think, I think it could be a really cool angle to pursue and to, to experiment with. Yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah, initially I was trying to, you know, it's really beneficial. You guys talk about it and a lot of people online as well, talking about productizing your services. And so it's originally it was really hard for me to try to productize, just building a, you know, X app for someone when, each app for different clients is going to be different. But, you know, if I kind of went with the model you're talking about, kind of some reusable software, Mm -hmm. then I could easily productize that, you know, have three different packages and, you know, go into the details of that. Exactly. I like that idea. So if find a problem that businesses are running into, solve that and sell it to, um, you know, sell it to all of them, but tweak it for each one. I like that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. So, I mean, that's what, that's what, I I don't I mean I would say that's what a lot of the big software companies do. Yeah, that's at least how they started, right? It was like yeah. we solved this problem for five or ten people, and we realized it's it's a huge problem in the industry, and so now we have this SaaS product. It could lead into something really cool like that too, right? So, yeah, when I was looking into doing the gym apps, I noticed you know you're supposed to look up your competition. Not that I was any competition to them, but. Um, yeah, I, I looked it up, and there are so many companies that do that. They'll sell almost the same app to everyone, mm-hmm. but you know, put your logo on it, tweak it, yep, you know, add these features, take these away. Um, and so I thought that was, hey, that's a really good idea if I could do that. And then I just never gained any traction with that, so kind of gave up on it. But yeah, and I think as you find clients, you'll start to notice similarities, right? And it's like if everyone's asking for such and such feature, then this is a thing you build into a, a software that you then sell to everyone else. And I just think it'd be cool to come into a business already having a bit of a foundation, a starting point, instead of saying, what what should we build from scratch? You say like, here's sort of the core features that that other businesses like yours have needed. And tell me what else you need. And, and we can take a look at it. So I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity to then, then build on just what you've done for other clients. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I'll definitely ask the the client I have now, see if he knows any other manufacturers, see if they struggle with you know the same problem he does or yeah. similar ones. So yeah, definitely a good starting point for that. I like that. Good. Well, Austin, I'm, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the, the conversation here. Are there any, I know you had a bunch of questions. I want to make sure we get to as many as we can. We could do some rapid fire if you have any that are really like burning questions, or if you feel like we made it through, then that's great. We can wrap up. What do you think? Uh, I, I think you answered most of them. Um, even without me asking them. <laughs> Great. So uh, <laughs> l- let me check here. I've got a list. Uh, I think that's it. I think you solved okay, most of my questions. I've well, good. I, I think you're on a good track. Uh, it's exciting. This is like an exciting time of your business. Just getting mm-hmm. started. It'll be fun to, to hear how things go. We'd love to stay in touch. Why don't you quickly tell the listeners where they can connect with you in case maybe someone listening has need of your services or just wants to connect. Yeah, probably the best way is to go to my website at www.amsoftware.tech 
or check me out on LinkedIn, um, Austin Markham. I'm pretty active on there. So, um, yeah, those are probably the two best places uh, to reach out to me or email me at austin.markham at amsoftware.tech. Perfect, man. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I've been Preston Lee with Milo.co, Clay Mosley from gitdripify.com, and I really appreciate you both today. Thanks. Thanks. See ya. See you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance to Founder, a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Podglomerate. You can find links to my business, Milo, Clay's business, Dripify, and of course, our podcasting partner, The Podglomerate, all in the description of this episode. Remember to call in for your own episode at FreelanceToFounder.com. A very special thank you to the members of the Milo and Podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible. To stream past episodes, visit FreelanceToFounder.com or search FreelanceToFounder wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for now. Until next time, see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance to Founder.